Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of primary sclerosing cholangitis, or PSC, from the gastrointestinal section on MedBullets.com. Let's begin this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 62-year-old man presents to his primary care physician complaining of constant itchings and yellow skin and eyes. On exam, there is no evidence of hepatomegaly, however laboratory findings are of concern for elevated serum ALP and GGT levels. This is a case of primary sclerosing cholangitis. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about this topic. Primary sclerosing cholangitis is a chronic cholestatic syndrome characterized by fibrosing inflammation in the intrahepatic and extrahepatic bile duct. The onset is usually insidious. It leads to narrowing and eventually obliteration of the bile ducts. The cause of primary sclerosing cholangitis, or PSC, is unknown. PSC occurs most often in young men less than 50 years old, people who are HLA-DR52A positive, and commonly associated with inflammatory bowel disease, especially ulcerative colitis. Let's now talk about the clinical presentation including symptoms of primary sclerosing cholangitis. Symptoms include puritis, jaundice, and some people present with hepatosplenomegaly or features of cirrhosis. Let's now discuss the diagnostic evaluation for primary sclerosing cholangitis. Lab studies would show an increase in serum ALP and GGT levels. Bilirubin would be increased with conjugated fraction of greater than 50%. This is typical of an obstructive pattern. Note that there would be no urine urobilinogen and low urine urobilin. Note that an endoscopic retrograde cholangiography or ERCP would give the biliary tree an irregular beaded appearance. Let's now discuss the treatment of primary sclerosing cholangitis. Liver transplantation prior to liver failure is a possibility in selected cases. And in terms of the prognosis, prevention, and complications, the prognosis is poor, and this condition may result in liver failure, cirrhosis, or cholangiocarcinoma. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 37-year-old man presents to his gastroenterologist due to a transaminitis found by his primary care physician. He reports currently feeling well and has no acute concerns. Medical history is significant for ulcerative colitis treated with 5-aminosalicylate. He recently went on a trip to Mexico and experienced an episode of mild diarrhea. The patient is 5 feet 4 inches and weighs 220 pounds or 99.8 kilograms. His temperature is 98 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 138 over 88 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 90 per minute and respirations are 18 per minute. Physical examination is unremarkable. Laboratory testing demonstrates a leukocyte count of 7,200 per cubic millimeter, alkaline phosphatase level of 205 units per liter, aspartate aminotransferase or AST level of 120 units per liter, alanine aminotransferase or ALT level of 115 units per liter, perinuclear antineutrophil cytoplasmic antibody or PANCA positive, and antimitochondrial antibody negative. Which of the following is most likely the diagnosis? 
1. Acute cholecystitis 2. Acute viral hepatitis 3. Cholidocolithiasis 4. Primary biliary cirrhosis or 5. Primary sclerosing cholangitis And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, primary sclerosing cholangitis. This patient's highly elevated alkaline phosphatase, positive atypical perinuclear antineutrophil cytoplasmic antibody, or PANCA, and history of ulcerative colitis are highly suggestive of primary sclerosing cholangitis. Remember, primary sclerosing cholangitis, or PSC, is a chronic progressive disorder that results in intrahepatic and or extrahepatic biliary tree inflammation, fibrosis, and stricturing. Laboratory abnormalities associated with this condition include an elevated alkaline phosphatase, positive P. anca, and elevated IgM. Cholangiography, for instance MRCP and ERCP, demonstrates multifocal intrahepatic and or extrahepatic bile duct stricturing and dilation. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1. Acute cholecystitis presents with right upper quadrant pain, fever, and a leukocytosis. This is not seen in this patient. Answer choice 2. Acute viral hepatitis secondary to hepatitis A virus would present with nausea, fever, malaise, and abdominal pain. Patients may also present with jaundice and a more significant transaminitis. This does not explain the patient's P. anca positivity. Answer choice 3. Cholidocolithiasis results from a gallstone occluding the common bile duct. These patients present with right upper quadrant or epigastric pain along with nausea and vomiting. Although obesity is a risk factor, cholidocolithiasis does not explain this patient's positive P. anca antibody in a patient with ulcerative colitis. And finally, answer choice 4, primary biliary cirrhosis is a T-cell mediated immune response to the intralobular bile ducts. This condition typically affects women and presents with fatigue and pruritus, and note that some cases are asymptomatic. Patients are expected to be positive for antimitochondrial antibodies. In summary, primary sclerosing cholangitis is associated with ulcerative colitis and positive P. anca antibodies. And that's all for this review about primary sclerosing cholangitis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.